My waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, welcome to High Road to Humanity, and this is Nancy Urat, your host. And this week, we are so blessed with a wonderful guest. Her name is Ruth Richards. And Ruth has written a book, and check this out, you guys. It's a Nautilus Silver Award <laughs> winner. This is fantastic. I don't think I've ever held a book in my hands that was the Nautilus Silver Award winner, so we'll have to talk to her about that. It's called Everyday Creativity in the Healthy Mind, Dynamic New Past for Self and Society. But before I bring Ruth on, I'm going to read just a little bit from Ruth Richards' book today, and it's a Nautilus Book Award winner, and it's called Everyday Creativity in the Healthy Mind, Dynamic New Paths for Self and Society. So sit back and relax, and this is what she has to say in Chapter 12. It's called A New Normal. How hard at times to be different, yet how important to challenge the status quo to destabilize the known, to bringing something new. Yet negative stereotypes of creators exist, and divergence is not always commended, particularly in more hierarchical environments. Teachers may not even recognize creative voices. You know, these students seem troublesome, yet who in our culture better to keep us from a sometimes dangerous conformity or provide a needed ethical voice in the world? In broadening our limits of normality, we can also better honor the uniqueness we each have and the sparkling diversity of cultures in a shrinking globe. And this is from her book, like I said, Everyday Creativity. And Ruth, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ruth before I bring her on. Ruth Richards is an MD, a PhD, and one of the leading researchers on creativity in daily life. Uh, she is a distinguished educational psychologist and board-certified psychiatrist. As a professor of psychology at Saybrook University in the College of Social Sciences, she specializes in the area of consciousness. Well, she's right up our alley here, guys. Spirituality, integrative health, and creative studies. Many years ago, before she went on to earn an MD from Harvard and a PhD from UC Berkeley, she was studying to become a high school teacher. While taking a required psychology class, a discussion about diagnostics tests led to a light bulb, life-changing moment when she realized that it was possible to come up with profoundly creative ways to answer even standardized questions. That creativity in such a mundane situation was real and could be studied, and she's researched creativity in educational, clinical, social action, and spiritual contexts. Hey, Ruth, welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thanks thank for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for what you read. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I believe that uh, we need to change our mindset, and I think you believe that, too. Well, I believe we need to change our worldview to one that's more interconnected. It's always been true, but we're beginning to recognize it more through things like chaos theory, which is one point of this book. But yeah. um, just our, our fundamental connectedness we see in every way, spiritually, we see it scientifically, we see it in quantum mechanics. It's becoming 
more and more known in in many different areas, but I don't think we see it in our daily life so much. We're all still, you know, kind of isolated billiard balls doing our own things and and not thinking it might affect our neighbor, never mind I, the other side of the world. So go with it. Yeah, I, I have a question here for you. How many years was it ago that you were sitting in this class and, and you said you wanted to be a teacher? I want to hear your story. I mean, how did this happen? Because how did you come to this realization? Because I'm there, but uh, some of us are not. So tell us <laughs> your story. How did this happen for you? Oh, I'll tell I'll tell you a couple stories. And then if, if you don't mind, I'd like to read another excerpt, which is a challenge to us all, because you're saying so wisely, let's accept the breadth of who we are and uh, and a new, you know, a new kind of view of who we are in the world. Right. right. But, uh, but do we even see what's going on around us? So I'd love did to come back to that. This? I mean, how old were you? Were you just starting out or, or when did you realize this? Um, I suppose it depends. Realize what? So let's. Uh, we can go back to the the teacher part. Um, and I'm still a teacher. I've been a teacher all these years. I teach college. I teach um, alternative college at Saybrook University, fully accredited, highly respected by the American Psychological Association. So we see part of what we're doing is pushing the edge and also broadening the mainstream. Okay. Um, so teaching is obviously good and. And we're all learning from each other, too. It's not like we have this stuff and now you get it. Um, but but here, here I was in a class um, wanting really for me to bring together science, which I'd done a lot of, and art, which I'd done a lot of. And right. so I figured maybe I'd teach them both. They said you'll never get a job doing that. Um, I don't know if I would <laughs> if I ended up going for a Ph.D. Um, but uh, But here we were. You know, learning actually is a wonderful school, but we were seeing in so many classrooms how the goal is to teach people to get 100% on someone else's test. Right. So what's that about? Right. Kind of passing on the culture and please behave, you know. Um, Not that there isn't a reason to do that, but where is the making up your own questions? And so that's where I see us being. And and if you want later, I can give you a list of little things people can do to kind of exercise. Sure. Yeah, their creative muscles. But one of them is really to ask questions all the time. If we were in the habit of asking you know, something fairly significant every hour. Think what what a good uh, habit that would be for one so, thing to become aware. Right. So what you're saying is you feel like that people just go along with the status quo and don't use their own creative abilities. And, and what I feel like is you're encouraging people, hey, use your own creative abilities. Just don't go along with everybody. This is like, uh, what's that story about the... the uh, Oh, God, it goes back. I told it to my kids, the emperor who wore no clothes. Do you remember that? Yeah, and nobody, sure. everybody was afraid to tell him he was naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that story? I do. Uh-huh. And right. you know, that's what this reminds me of. We're all so, I mean, that's my analogy. That's how I think about it, because we all go along and nobody ever says anything. And, you know, everybody's afraid to, to like, be who they are. And I think it's really, really wonderful that you've brought this out. Well, um, thank you. And I think, let me go go back a little. I think it's a matter of degree. So everyday creativity, which we've talked about, studied, and so on for years, is really something we all have. This isn't rare. 
we'd right. be dead if we weren't able uh -huh. to to adapt to shift have hunches and intuitions right we all do this right. but we may not do it anywhere near as much as we could we may not have we may not even know it's happening cuz right. how many people say i can't be creative i can't draw a portrait that's it for them it's about art and if they can't do art worse yet copy something right? Um, right then then they're not doing it so if we don't even name it if we don't see it how can we develop it and that's a really big point here that there are so many people who who are constantly bringing new original um fresh aware ways into their life but this isn't registering as something special as opposed to those times when we all to be honest are our robots our automatons we're doing the same old thing right, right. We're going through the day and we're right. not even thinking and then i just put my credit card away day before yesterday without knowing it and the person who gave it to me had forgotten she'd given it to me so we were both seeking i said we're not being very mindful and she said right and we were at a spiritual retreat <laughs> so so what okay you about that um and, and, and i want to say something because i think and you talk about this in your book you know you say it's really helpful for us i mean it's good for our health because we are little creators and that is what we are supposed to do we are creating our reality right now and i think mm -hmm. it's good for our soul and for our health to create don't you i i think not only do i think so but there's really good evidence for that and okay. that it can do things like uh, kind of you, you know make us more whole within it can free so-called working memory which is one kind of evidence of that it can really bring us alive into the moment i want to go back and read this other excerpt if okay go ahead i want to hear it we've got about 3 minutes oh uh oh <laughs> we'll we'll come back and do that you want to so come back to, and do it yeah, oh. yeah. so well, so let's continue on what what you were saying and the health aspect yes. think about it okay suddenly we are now open we are more open. What's that mean? We are curious. We are aware to what's going on around us. Um, we are accepting of that. We are hopefully in a bit in awe of this amazing world. What is this doing for us? So right. something that we like to do is turn the camera around. A lot of people, there's something called the four Ps, and this book is organized around the four Ps and then new directions. So right. the four Ps are creative product. That's the widget you make, and nothing wrong with that. But then we also have the process. What are we doing? The person, who are we and where are we going? Who are we becoming? And the press of the environment which is like the conditions and that can turn on creativity or turn it off think of that critical teacher that's wrong you know that's right. not going to help us so if we start looking at what our creativity is doing for us we can also argue it's going to make us more caring more ethical many things but we have some some very clear kind of evidence from mainstream studies that it's going to help us be more kind of unified and and to help us kind of you know think we uh intuit get through the day right. and to feel more empowered as we do right. that 
Well, you know, we've got about one minute here to break, but I kind—I I do agree with you completely wholeheartedly. And I, somehow our society has got almost in a rut, I want to say. And I feel like, and it sounds like you do too, there is there is a spiritual awakening where we're like, wait a minute, this is not what it's all about. Anyway, guys, we're going to be back here in about 30 seconds. And the book is called, we're here with Ruth Richards, okay? She's just an awesome lady. And she's going to tell us all about our everyday creativity and and the healthy mind. And we will be back here in just a second from High Road to Humanity. This is Nancy. You're out your host. Thank you. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road.
Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And we are here today with Ruth Richards. And she's written a wonderful book. It's called Everyday Creativity and the Healthy Mind, Dynamic New Paths for Self and Society. And her and I are having a conversation about, you know, how did we get to this point and how we all need to be creative and how it actually helps our health. And Ruth had something that she wanted to read to us. So, Ruth, what what is it that you want to share with our audience? Okay, I I want to share. This is a story from uh, from a while ago because my daughter was just um, you know kind of preteen in the back seat of a car, driving along a little road in Oregon with my cousin, and on vacation. And I'm going to you now read to you what I wrote in the book. And this is chapter two called "Missing Worlds." So that's okay. what this is about. But we're okay. always missing worlds even now. <laughs> Um, but this one really struck me. Okay. Here's, here's this event and it goes, I'm rather good at maps. I'm also good at using a GPS device, but I forgot the maps. And here we were late afternoon, last day of vacation, my daughter, my cousin and I driving along a two lane highway in mid-state Oregon, no other car in sight. And the sun had just gone down. Where was that charming little village? It was supposed to be right along this river. We drove on farther and farther into the unknown. River always that left is our guide. We kept passing farms and fields and scattered houses, and now a few lights were coming out. In my head, I was doing a litany of self-criticism. Why didn't we start earlier? Leave more time. Have lunch sooner, save dessert for the little town, bring the map, and on and on and on, a list of all we did wrong. Reliving it as if that could help us now. My cousin and I were both impatient and stressed. My daughter, at least, was happy in the back seat, text messaging a friend. I pull up on the shoulder of the road to think. Just then, Wow, amazing. A new scene had appeared, a new slide projected on a screen. Where did it come from? Look, look, I insisted. Even my daughter looked up right there, out of nowhere. A magical, misty landscape, fields moving off to infinity and muted purples and pastels, fuzzy in the haze with clusters of tall, lush trees darkening and receding in the dusk. I turned the car engine off. All was silent in the hot summer air. Beside us, a plum-colored river barely moved between a border of trees, its dark, lazy water reflecting the last light of day. How breathtaking. This landscape had cast a spell. We sat in the silence of an indrawn breath. Where had it been? If I'd seen even a trace of this beauty while driving along, not a neuron had registered it, no mental bell had rung, so the conscious mind could stop and take a look. I had missed it all. We all had missed it. We miss a lot, almost everything, in fact, in our world. Our task-focused filters take care of that, selecting only what we need. We need to get to work, have some lunch, find that report, water the garden, go out on a date. We see what we need to see, 
often for purposes of survival or survival of the species. Gregory Bateson, speaking of beauty, said aesthetic judgment is selection, selection of effect. We create the sight even as we become conscious of it. We do not simply see it. In our daily lives, who or what is doing the selecting and why? Well, so what you're saying to us uh, is, and I, and I got this, I got this in your book too, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop, and you say it, stop and smell the roses, stop and look, because you learned, as a lot of people do, and some people never do, that if you don't stop and smell the roses, it passes you by. It passes you by, and just to finish the last couple lines here, can we in the here and now make a change? Can we see further? Can we see better? And can we even better our world? So opening our vision here is the first step in everyday creativity or really in anything. Realizing we see this tiny see it could be here whatever but or or into it but it's still a tiny sliver of something that's vastly bigger that is enormous and and it's happening for whatever reason but we have the ability to be aware of our awareness and to change that and that is so important but this was one kind of critical moment that I'll think back to like wow what else are we all missing at this moment every one of us so and okay. most most everything well and i think a lot of us you know and and i think about a camping trip my husband and i just took because um he's like okay we're going and we're going to get there and this is how many hours it's going to take right. Right. and he's like okay and then we'll be there at that time but i'm like wait mm-hmm. a minute Wait a minute, wait a minute. What all, about all those cool things along the way mm-hmm. that I want to stop and look? And he's like, no, we're on a mission and we got to get there. And then on the way back from the trip, it was so cute because he's like, you know what? You're right. We need to stop <laughs> along the way you know, and check some of this stuff out because, and it was funny, you know, I realized it and then he realized it. And a lot of people do that. We're so in a hurry. Don't you agree Ruth? We're to get to our destination that we don't look around and we miss so much. Well, we are not in the present moment. If we're doing a lot, like, are we even here, right? right because right. as we're thinking about the future, how long will it take to get the campsite? Can I put up that tent? What if they've taken the best campsite, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reservations. Okay, I think about that stuff ahead. But yes, <laughs> you're exactly right. But that, you talk about the aha moment. And to me, that was an aha moment because it was like, oh. And we both realized, you know, okay, we need. And so I said, next time we plan a trip, I'm going to look at all the things that are along the way and we're going to stop. Let's just let's stop for a minute with the aha moment. And you were asking me about some some things. I just I'm kind of happy in a way. I always had some some kind of, um, you know, it was drawn to spirituality. But I would say I had an aha moment, which I won't go into, but that but that I think me, many of us are fortunate if, again, if we're open to possibility right. to have something happen we didn't expect. And it's like, okay, <laughs> there's a lot more going on here than we thought. Right. And so how, how do we open 
to these aha moments. And this is the light bulb going on. This is the, you know, brainstorm, whatever it is. But there's actually some research on it. And I wanted like to say something for you and your yeah, listeners to sure. see, sure. see what you make of this. Okay. Because there's very interesting research on it. Plus something else I want to get back to, whether we can turn this on in advance. So um, here are people in a study about the aha moment. And what they're going to do is one of these little word games. So I'll give you one of these little word games. Um, okay. This is not our, our particular research, but, but other wonderful research. So, um, so one of them is anagrams. And these are people who are trying to figure out how do you reorder these letters so they make a certain word. And so one of them, this is an example, is sounds like grandma, G-R-A-N-M-A-A. Now, you may be all stuck on grandma and can't figure out how to reorder those letters. But um, actually, and maybe I didn't do it right either, but <laughs> because I was going to make it uh, anagram or analogy. But in any event, you reorder those letters. But when you're doing that, some people do it logically. Some people do it in a insightful way. Oh, I've got what it was. And some people use both. And, and all is good. I hope you can right. still hear me here. Well, you know? I think we kind of missed, you cut out there in the beginning. You were saying, oh. okay, so if you give a couple of letters, and, and we missed what you said, you cut out. You give AA is what you said? Okay, let's do this one. D-A-P-D-E-L. And okay. so I'm going to give a hint here for your listener is there's a word you can make out of DAPDEL that starts with P, and the two Ds are together. Okay. And you might do it on a camping trip. <laughs> okay all right and so 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 so, so let's i'll just tell you the answer here is that uh is paddle p-a-d-d-l-e so you're right. paddling your canoe but now if you if you got that i will do this in classes with people and then i'll say raise your hand if it suddenly came to you boom ah it's paddle or okay. raise your hand if you figured it out. Okay, I'm going to start with a P. I'm going to start with a D, you know. Mm -hmm. Or if you did some combination. In this research, they took, well, first of all, these people weren't just playing word games. They were hooked up to EEGs or they were in fMRI okay. machines. So they were studying their brainwaves when they were so doing this. They looked at their brainwaves when they were doing this. Very okay. good. And okay. and so they said everyone who who got an inside answer, it suddenly came to you. We want to look at you and everyone who did it only by the um, more logical way. Again, they're both good. These are just different. And right. it turned out there was a very different picture between these two groups, which might be better to do after the after the break. But, <laughs> okay. but one question I have, it's worth your doing this, you know, with, with uh, this or other things, to see what that aha moment feels like. Because another thing these people, um, these folks who are Cuneos and Beeman and various collaborators, but they're also Colin Martindale did this many years before too, um, found is that some people seem to turn on this particular brain signature oh. in advance. Okay. And I think that probably you and many of your listeners know right. what that feels like. That well, it yeah, we've got about 30 seconds to break, but yes, that's 
that's exactly right. And I think that's when I turn on my intuitive part of me mm-hmm. and I can turn it off. And, it, and it's a practice to learn to turn yeah. into yeah. the universe, right? Yeah. And know how to, how to let it go because sometimes, and I'm intuitive. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. Sometimes everybody. Sometimes you got to bring it back, right? All right. Well, you guys, we're going to be back with more. Ruth is pretty interesting. We're here with Ruth Richards. For- <laughs> Make okay. sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? hug a dog Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And we're here today with Ruth Richards, and she has a fabulous book out. It's Everyday Creativity and the Healthy Mind. Hey, uh, Ruth, where can people find your book? On Amazon? Uh, Is it in all the bookstores? The best place to find it is on Amazon because it's it's still one that is at a fairly high price until the paperback comes out. Okay. And Amazon has discounted it a bit. If you go to my website, there are actually four books there. You can order from Amazon on the website, which is DrRuthRichards.com. No, just one word, Dr. Ruth Richards. Right. Dr. Ruth Richards. As well as a ton of papers you can get for free if you like the academic stuff and oh. other things. Um, okay. And some videos, podcasts, and so on. This will be there eventually. Okay. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, Ruth and I were talking on break, and she said, I want to talk about the spiritual aspect 
aspect of the creation of how we create. And so, Ruth, talk to us about that. Okay. Um, first, we were talking about this aha moment. And so where does that come from? And we could say, you know, and most of uh, what we do in the creative inspired moment comes from our unconscious mind, whatever that is. And we could discuss that in many ways. But there are many questions here, like is what we call our mind the same as what we call our brain or does it go beyond? So I'm not going to go on with that except to say, Hold that question, right? Mm -hmm. Why did Jung talk about the collective unconscious? What are archetypes? There are a lot of other places to go here um, right. to say that our creativity can open new worlds, right? And our awareness. Um, well, that's saying a lot. You know, that's telling the audience, you know, if you do stop and smell the roses and you do use your creative creativity, that it only helps you. It, it only helps you, and let's go back to that normality at the beginning, because not everyone sees it that way, and they say, boy, that person's a loose cannon. Where are they coming from? To be creative is by, you know, by definition, it's to be different. You're doing something no one's done before. You're mm. having an insight you never had before. It's wonderful. So you're standing on the borders of infinity, looking, looking at the new or looking at what the future may bring. And not everyone wants that. You know, this is, uh, this isn't always, um, you know, what's friendly to the status quo. So, but, but this, so the normality part is a really important first step is to see that we will be much healthier when we started with looking at change and looking at our inner dependency. If we see ourselves as connected to each other, as constantly changing, as bringing in the new is part of our job in this world and part of our evolutionary job, and we expand what we consider normal. If, if we're creative, it also means we're balancing. It's not like the more the better. We And this solves some of the mental health paradoxes. Because okay. it really is very, which is worth a whole other discussion. Um, because there are connections between having <clears throat> certain um, kind, not, not the only road to creativity, but having certain kinds of um issues running in one's family, but it's still about help. It's about having certain doorways open more to inspiration. It's one so, way. But so let me understand this. Yeah. You're saying that when people open up and be more creative, it actually helps their mental health. It can very much help their mental health in this healthy balance. So right. the people who tend to be able to be the most creative in this manifest world, you know, right. both have access to some cool stuff. And right. let's, let's say it is. And are able to have kind of some loose executive functions, let's say, mm -hmm. sort of the frontal lobes to, to help adapt it to our world to what we want to do with it. And so this Ruth, is very... I, I lost that last part adapting. Uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Uh -oh. I, I apologize to everyone. This is not Nancy's fault. <laughs> this is my fault. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> or Ben's. <laughs> you were saying that when people learn to adapt, then... Here's what I see from what you're saying, and as I'm listening to you, it's what's resonating to me is that the more people open up, 
the more people get creative and the more it balances us, not just as people, but as a nation, as a world, because that energy changes. When we change our thoughts, we change our life. And so when we change that energy, it changes not just us, but the collective because we're all connected. Is that right? I think that sounds really good. And, and <laughs> oh, I, I like that. I like that. And, and as you saw in that vignette, it can change our perceptions. So, right. you know, it can change what we see. So also having an intention to see a certain way or doing affirmations to, to right. move a certain way are really powerful. That's not just some game. It can change our reality. So Prayer. talk Prayer about is the same thing. If you pray. And you and you ask. Here's the thing I always tell everybody, and I think you agree with it. Here's the thing that I see: people don't ask. Mm. Whether you pray or whether you know, you have to ask because it's the power of our words, the power of the intention, that power of our feeling of what we want inside goes out to the universe, and the it's set up in such a way, Ruth. I believe that. It's set up that whatever we ask for and we feel really strongly about, we do get a response. Well, I like that you said ask, because first we're, we're talking about putting things out there individually, but also together. And right. so there is a resonance with others, and it does start changing the collective consciousness. But yes, when you ma- say ask, oh, go ahead. No, no, I agree with you so wholeheartedly because that's what, you know what, you and I are on the total same wavelength because (laughs) I believe that we have the ability to change the consciousness here on our Mm -hmm. planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, but now when you say there's a tra- there's a trap here, not to what you're saying, but to someone kind of the 20th century, okay, I can control the world or the environment or something else we can't control at all, where we really need to be much more in awe of of the cosmos we live in and all the parts we can't see or can't even imagine, right. rather than thinking we can just say, okay, I want this and now we get it. So. So to ask, I kind of like thy will be done because maybe I don't have the best answer, but sometimes. Um, <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> right. Um, but, but to be in awe, to, to wonder, you know, because we're saying, and we're talking about someone here now who's, and I'm saying this is good for us all, who is aware. So they're conscious, not unconscious. They're living in the present moment, not doing some robot dance. Um, they are, they are aware. They are open in, including being interested in what's going on in the present moment. Less defensive because you're not putting up all these boundaries to something happening. Right. No judgment. Yeah, more, right, definitely no judgment. And mindfulness is about no judgment. Um, beyond, or if at least somewhat beyond, what we call ego in the sense of some self-image and we're worried about how are we going to do and da da Yeah, what's the problem about? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay. So, so how can how can for a start the world not be better if we were all doing more of that and we're honest with ourselves and with each other? But right. now, if we are on a spiritual path, how much more important to do this and all the time and from this place of awe and humility and wonder, rather than I know what's going on, and and right. and it's not. This takes bravery. This takes risk taking. Yeah. This uh, this is amazing. 
and and it will of course make uh, or help each of us be more resilient and strong. It's able worth it. to worth it, Ruth. It's worth it because I know it is. Yeah. Okay. So Nancy knows it is, and and I'm she's told you stories I haven't heard yet. So. <laughs> For sure. Well, and it's not easy, like you say, because here's what I've learned and you and tell me what you think. I've learned that everything I learned is a black. Elevate and change myself, change my world to be a better place Mm -hmm. and in turn helps all the people around me, because Mm -hmm. the more I work on me, the more I'm helping all those people around me. Mm -hmm. And you elevate yourself, and then you elevate those around you, and that's how this changes all of us. That's what I feel. That's what and, I think. And and a whole other part of this we can look at in terms of empathy in relationships, because there's no reason those can't also be right there with everyday creativity. We're either you know not listening to each other, or we are present and changing and being changed by what we give and take with each other. And so that is so important on this path and and as part of it to be to be giving to each other, which is a joy in itself. Right. But isn't it interesting that people who do a lot of that and who have a larger purpose right. so it doesn't have to be this religion or that religion, but who have a larger purpose do tend on the average to live longer. Think about oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Now, do you? Me- I bet you meditate, don't you, Ruth? I do. Mm-hmm. I knew. It. I knew it, and I do too. <laughs> and I believe that is something that is, and it's hard. You know, I'm a Type A personality. It took me a long time to figure out how to meditate. But what I learned is, as I got older, I calmed down a little bit. Um, but, <laughs> but a lot of people have a difficult time meditating. But even if you take five minutes uh-huh. to connect and quiet your mind, you get information. Well, you certainly do. So sometimes, yeah, more than you want, and sometimes something astonishing. (laughs) Okay. But but if you look at these brain signatures, we didn't quite have a chance to look at, but include slow waves and, you know, kind of a lot of right-sided stuff. It's, It's not unlike what you can get in deep meditation. So there are some similarities there. And you may think you had a hard time getting to it, but maybe you were there all the time. You were just um, calling it creativity. So, <laughs> Ah, okay. I see yeah. that makes sense. We've got about one minute to go. When you were talking about the study, and you said they did the study of the people, and what was their conclusion? I don't think you gave us the conclusion on that study where they did the word. I think on, on that study and in general, there are a lot of people wanting to know more about this aha moment. And I think the main conclusion I would give to people here is to be open to your life, to ask questions, to um, to accept whatever it is. So right. this, this can be hard in a troubled world, right. but that this is this is the way that that is really leading to the greatest integration of who we are and the greatest ability to connect with others in a really intimate, profound way. Very well said. Hey, you guys, we are here today with Ruth Richards and get her book. It's called Everyday Creativity and the Healthy Mind, Dynamic New Paths for Self and Society. And it's Right back with the high road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program 
or to book a psychic reading. LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn Lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. It's merging Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymis and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Welcome back to High Road to Humanity, and this is Nancy Yerot, your host. And hey, I'm going to promote myself a little bit here. You guys check out my website. It's nancyyerot.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T. If you'd like a psychic reading or if I am taking on advertisers on my show, so if you know someone who wants to advertise or if you want to advertise, email me, nancyyerot at gmail.com. Okay, so we're here today with Ruth Richards, and we were talking during the break, and what's the most important thing we can tell the audience? And we decided it was about love, and that really is the bottom line. Um, you know, make love, not war, and Ruth says that in her book. So, Ruth, what's your, what's your take on this? Make love, not war. I love it. Well, this is really about connection. What's creativity about? It's seeing larger connections as well as whole new um, marvels. And it's not so much about division and disruption and anger and all of those things. So there's one, and, and I'd mentioned empathy is important. Actually, it's important in many ways if you're doing art. So there was one wonderful um, Chinese master who who did beautiful um, paintings of bamboo named Wu Chen about 1350. And Wu Chen had an exhibit in California where, where I grew up. And my grandmother had a catalog and it said 20 
portraits of the artist as bamboo. Well, so Wu Chen wasn't just sitting around drawing bamboo or painting it in this case. He was bamboo. He was with and in and part of the bamboo and brought that life force into the painting. That's okay. one saying about painting ghosts, you know, in in uh, sort of calligraphic kind of painting he did. The um, the novice asked the master, should I try to make something that looks just like these flowers, plants, trees? And the master said, no, you will only create dead things. <laughs> what you want to do is capture the life right. in this. And right. that is that is what Wu Chen did. But there's a, there's a science story about this too. Barbara McClintock okay. um, was a Nobel laureate. She was she's no longer alive. A MacArthur Award winner. She was X Y Z many honorable things. But for years she wasn't even acknowledged because people didn't understand how she was coming to some of her scientific conclusions about corn about the genetics of corn and the crossing over of certain DNA parts of the corn. And she brought together both scientific um, research and kind of an artistic, uh, different, and, and I, I kind of think higher, way of knowing um, to how she researched this. And later, when, um, when the science of the time caught up, when other methodologies could could verify what she was doing. I was like, wow, okay. And now she has a building named after her at Cold Spring Harbor. What was Harbor she doing? Lab. She was connecting to the corn? She was, is that what you're saying? That she felt, and she said, it's in the book there somewhere, that, um, that she felt she was going down into the corn, that these chromosomes were her friends. Uh -huh. I think okay. I think Wu Chen went a step further. He was a Buddhist monk, um, so it was it was uh, even non-dual. But that there are ways that and that we can know each other and know the world, know ourselves that go, are much more profound than we usually use. And that no, it can I used to if, if somebody says, "Okay, uh oh, what what do they do?" What do you suggest? Hello. If somebody says, "Hey, you know, it's really important, and I know what's inside of me, and how how do how do you what do you suggest that people do?" Well, you mean they they know it all already, and there's no point taking a look. No, I'm talking about she connected with the corn, and he connected with the bamboo. So uh -huh. how, so how do we connect with ourselves first, and then with something else with the world, or, or what uh -huh. do you suggest? What's I your don't suggestion? know. Yeah, if if it needs to be with uh, what we're calling ourselves first or not, but, okay. but it also can be nice to let kind of let the world suggest what we're going to do and not say, okay, now I'm going to do this. And so uh -huh. one thing I've had students do is to take, you know, go for like 20, 30 minutes um, from a seminar kind of outside and, and to wait until something calls to them. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're not, they're not talking right now. They are listening um, until something calls to them. And then they, they might draw it. They might write something. They might meditate, whatever it is. They spend some time with in this presence and then come back and report. And it's quite amazing. 
to see the kind of the deep kind of relationship, which may be with a piece of dead wood. This is not doesn't have to be about a living organism, but that there's something more going. There's always something more going on there (laughs) than we think. Up to us, really, to go out into nature, and I think that's why Uh I like. Camping. I used to go to resorts and all that stuff, but then I realized that wasn't where it was at. And now I go camping and uh-huh. I go out with nature. It's just like you're talking about. Uh-huh. And you sit next to a tree and you pick up that good energy or whatever it is. You just and it and we're not necessarily tree huggers, but it's actually the tree, <laughs> you're picking up you're picking up the energy of uh-huh. nature in For some reason, what I think, and you just said it too, is the universe gives us what we're looking for. Ah, well, it's it's nice to to take that point of view and to go out and again see what calls to us. There are so many ways this could go, but since we have not too much time, um, let me just read you one sentence here. Maybe it's two on the creative process from a book called The Zen of Creativity, okay, and it's also. It's also in the book I just wrote. So you know? Okay, cool. But this is All a right. wonderful book. Um, the creative process, like a spiritual journey, is intuitive, nonlinear, and experiential. It points us toward our essential nature, which is a reflection of the boundless creativity of the universe. Gotcha. So what she's saying, you guys, is use your intuition and that's go from your heart. I always say, ask your heart and your heart always gives you the, the right answer. Mm. Use your intuitiveness. And I don't you think and I love that. Thank you so much for reading that to us because people need to connect. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You talk about balance in your book. You say balance is the key. I believe that, too. We don't have a ton of time, but talk to us a little bit about balance. Okay. Well, I'm going to add a little balance to what you were just saying, which was so beautiful. But when we're when we're looking truly into, say, our troubled world, it's not always pretty. Right. And doing this, doing what you're saying and looking with our hearts involves also looking at what's really painful and difficult and what's happening to other beings and around the world. And and when you do that, there are times, you know, there's nothing you can do. There are times there's something we can do. But right. we can always be compassionate, though, and loving and let someone know we care and we understand. But I think one one kind of thing that's really useful is is to look at ourselves deeply and look deeply at something that's just too vast for us to do, such as solving world hunger, but realizing that with each other, And, you know, with kind of a global net of people who really care and with ways that we can change, you know, kind of structures around the globe as well as how we distribute food, there is something we can do. There's there's so much. And so this connects us, too, if we have that awareness. Right. To be to look at everything, not just what's pretty or what we like or, you know, some some good energies. Of course, we don't want to spend all our time on negative energies. So there's some issues there, but but we don't want to avoid them all either and figure out what's the what's the best way that we can be helpful. But but mainly, I mean, I'm very grateful I started studying creativity from what was sort of a smaller container that had to do with teaching in schools and, and realized it really goes everywhere. 
And and it's not about what we make or do. That's fine. It's important. Um, But it's really about a way of life where we become the creation. And we're changing in every moment anyway. We have since the beginning of the program. But where we can help that development to be really special and to help us be healthy and and have a greater purpose and to help everyone. So. I see that. And and I do, I believe, yeah, balance. You have to have balance. You can't, you know, you can't just go to work all the time and focus on that. You got to focus on other things and you got to focus on yourself. And I think a lot of people are so caught up in every day, getting the kids to school, mm-hmm. getting, getting to work, getting dinner made. And, and I talked to my kids about this and I'm like, Hey, what'd you do for yourself today? Oh, <laughs> did you do anything for you? Nice. Some think, you know, well, no, well, maybe you should do something for yourself. And, and just that 15 minutes that you can take for yourself or that five minutes meditating in the morning can change things for you. It can change the whole day. And, and the doing for yourself sometimes is a woman's issue too, more than, than a men's issue. It's like, oh, if I take all this time for myself, I can't do this and that for other people. Yes, you can. (laughs) And yeah, shouldn't you? Well, yeah, because we're all we all want it like I'm a giver. I want to give, give, give. But then I'm like, wait a minute, I need to do for me. And that's something I'm working on personally is doing stuff for me instead of for. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show today. And I hope you'll come back and see us. You guys, if you want to get her book, it's Everyday Creativity and the Healthy Mind. It is a Nautilus Book Award winner. I'm holding it in my hands. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, I just want to thank you. And Ruth, again, they can go to Amazon.com to pick this up. You can go to RuthRichards.com. Is that right? Right. right. Dr. Ruth Richards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, and I think if you have questions, um, can they email you and ask you questions, Ruth? They could do that, but even better is I'm setting up this website so that people can put in the sort of blogettes at the end. Yeah. All right, well, and then I'll try to you know get back on some of some right. of those questions for everyone. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And thanks for everybody for tuning in. And next week we have Anna Jones on the show, and she's a person that channels Archangel Michael. So I am really excited to have her next week on High Road to Humanity. All right. Thanks again, Ruth, and have a terrific day. And don't forget to check out my website. It's nancyyearout.com. And if you need a psychic reading, just send me an email. Take care. Filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. To sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading, visit my website, www.nancyyearout.com. My email address is nancy at highroadtohumanity.com. So have a fabulous week and know that by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination.